Hello, and welcome to the Dear COVID Mama podcast, created as a safe space for mamas to explore all the feelings related to raising and having kids during a worldwide pandemic. My name is Ali O'Connell. I'm a nurse, former mental health therapist, and mama to one sweet 13-month-old boy. Please join me in real and honest conversations with other mamas as we discuss things like anxiety, joy, expectations, and so much more. My hope is that after each episode, you will feel a little more connected, valued, and of course loved. It's my way of giving us all the big hug that we so desperately need right now. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the first episode of Dear COVID Mama. I'm so happy to have you all here. So I thought that I would start this episode uh, from a place that I know a little something about. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss the experience of becoming first-time moms only months before COVID took over our lives. (laughs) So today, I'll be speaking with two beautiful mamas who've lived this experience alongside me. I actually met them both in an in-person Mama and Me class a couple months before we ever knew what COVID was. Um, And this group has since transitioned to a Zoom class each week where we've all managed to stay connected through the ups and downs over this past year. Now I'm going to turn the floor over to these lovely ladies. I just ask for you each to introduce yourselves by telling us who you are, a little something about your little one, and your journey to motherhood. Jenny, I'd love to start with you. Hi, I'm Jenny Dingledine. I live here in Portland, Oregon, and my daughter Ainsley just turned one. So we have been uh, on our own journey to parenthood, certainly really started for us actually about three years ago. Unfortunately, we had a series of pregnancy losses. And so we were kind of in this group of parents that were not parents yet, but somehow we were on that journey and we thought we were going to become parents. So when we found out we were having Ainsley, it was really exciting. And we, I remember finding out and, and of course you can't tell anybody, well, you can, but you know, in my experience, that's not ideal. And really it was, my labor was super fast. So unusual for some, um, But, you know, the fact that she arrived safe and healthy, she was just small, but mighty, Mm -hmm. four pounds, two ounces. Uh, So we were already practicing very safe and healthy, isolating behaviors (laughs) pre-COVID because having a preemie, they really scare some of that into you of Mm -hmm. just making sure you're being super careful. Um, I think five people met her prior to the pandemic. So it was a very tight, small group that we allowed into our space. And, you know, then, of course, COVID hit and here we all are. So hopefully that's a good (laughs) snapshot. Yeah, no, that that's perfect. I'd love to hear, Maya, your experience, the same question. So tell us who you are, a little something about your little one and your journey to motherhood. 
All right. Hi, I'm Maya Wright, and I am out in Hillsboro, Oregon. Um, I have Karina, who is really turning into a little firecracker these days. <laughs> She's blooming into her toddler form. Um, How old is she? She is 13 months old now. Um, and our journey to becoming parents was also not the smoothest. I didn't have any miscarriages, but we did have to do um, IVF. So we tried all the different fertility treatments, working our way up to IVF. And then luckily the first round of IVF worked for us. So that was the one good thing I can say about that journey because <laughs> it was pretty rough, but it was, I'm very grateful. I did not have to do as many rounds as some people have to do. Yeah. Um, and not that different from Ginny, uh, that Coco also decided to come early. She did not want to wait till her due date. Uh, she came and we delivered, or I delivered. We, I don't have to say we for delivered. <laughs> I did that part by myself. Thank you. Um, at Randall yeah. Children's Hospital. And it was just kind of a funny experience of, I felt okay that day. I felt fine. I, my back hurt. We went to the movies and I had my husband rubbing my back in the movie theater because I just thought I was having back pain. And we got home and went to bed and my water broke. And so we were like, well, guess we got to go to the hospital. Wow. But my mom's a nurse midwife and she's kind of always told me, you know, like your water breaking doesn't mean like that the baby's like coming, coming. Like it doesn't mean that it's like a rush. But we got to the hospital and I was still feeling good, walked up to the be admitted and got into the room and then she was born like less than an hour later. So it was really fast oh and fast and furious. Um, spent a couple of days under the UV lights at Randall's and then got to come home. So something that comes through with both of your experiences is that, you know, both of you spent a lot of time thinking about becoming moms and spent a lot of time actually like trying to be a mom, um, years in fact, and went through, you know, ups and downs and some heartache and everything to get to the point to actually like join the, the mama club. And so, yeah, I guess that just makes me think, I mean, similar to my own experience, it took us a long time to get pregnant and we waited a long time to decide to have a baby and I had all of these ideas and expectations about what it would look like to be a first-time mom and all, had all these plans about what I was going to do and how I was going to do it and how I was going to show up. It just made me think about like, what are some, like, what were some of your expectations about becoming a mom kind of looking back before COVID ever existed? Like, what were your expectations? I don't think I ever really absorbed the idea of sleep deprivation <laughs> until I was in it, <laughs> like deep in the depths where I'm like, oh, I get why the FBI and or CIA or, or MI6 or whatever, right? Why they use this as a form of torture. <laughs> um, because, you know, beforehand, I think there was just this sense of, oh, it'll just kind of be on a schedule, right? So you know, sleep three to four hours or three to five in those chunks. And then we'll, you know, you'll, yeah, you'll have to get up and feed them. 
you know, so I had kind of these preconceived notions about what nights were going to look like in particular. And I think that it was a very rude awakening for me. And as someone who likes to be in control of my environment, I was prepared to lose some control. I knew that that was going to happen with motherhood. And yet I didn't understand how completely stripped of it I would feel. Mm -hmm. And of course that applies to more than just the sleep deprivation and or night challenges. I mean, daytime is obviously full of challenges. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think with each development stage, I find there are new challenges and maybe I had expectations or assumptions about what things were going to look like. And they obviously are nothing like that. (laughs) So, you know, having to reconcile that with myself and be okay with that sense of, uh, you know, chaos in some ways that Mm -hmm. maybe there are other aspects of my life that I can still control like taking a shower. (laughs) So that's the good news. Uh, You know, but that, that there are a lot of things that just, you know, are not this picture perfect timeline. Right. Mai, can you think of any expectations that you had about becoming a mom and a looking back? Um, I definitely had expectations about the first year, like when I would start doing things with her, because I COVID made it really obvious to me. Like she went through six months, we were going to start doing swim lessons. And um, I always wanted to make sure there was lots of like play dates. I wanted to make sure she like got to hang out with other like kids a lot since she doesn't have any siblings and wanted to just expose her to lots of things. Like I wanted her to be comfortable in the car and going places. And COVID was like, hold up. How about you go nowhere, have zero play dates and she's never seen a pool. How about that instead? And so those (laughs) expectations were just, those are the ones I think I think of just because they were the ones that were just completely like obliterated. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say maybe to tag onto that is I did have expectations about friends and family being more involved. Yeah. And obviously that looks like a lot of different things for different people, but we don't live near very many family members. I mean, we have a cousin here who has a son and, you know, thankfully there is that connection there and we've been able to see them safely, socially distanced outside, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but it's just not the same. You know, we just don't have that village that I thought we would have. And that I felt like I was promised in some ways, like, Oh, we'll be there for you. We will bring you things. We will come in. Oh, we'd love to give you a date night. You guys can, you know, uh, just, you can trust that we'll be there to support you. And of course, none of that happened. And I don't even know what a date night is anymore. Right. I mean, I think that's maybe like ordering takeout and putting her down and <laughs> like sitting at the table together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I was going to say, Allie, because I think I was feeling it this past week. My grandma has not been doing well. She lives in Missouri. Mm-hmm. and she loves babies just loves babies and just I know that you had something similar with your grandfather yeah and just realizing that you have no control over them meeting these family members and feeling so far away from them and just it just that's when it doesn't feel fair <laughs> yeah and I mean that was kind of my my next thought was just like thinking about what our expectations were before COVID was ever a thing. And then 
like how they've changed or what's evolved. And I think it's like, it's not, you know, it's complicated. It's not super clear, but I think like you guys have said, it it kind of has highlighted some of the things that maybe we didn't even fully realize that we expected um, or thought would just be a given. And it's shown us like that we just don't get to have those things and they're completely out of our control. And it, I know for me, it just, it like has highlighted how unfair that feels, <laughs> you know, and like what, I've missed out on or what Declan's missed out on. And, um, and like you were saying, Jenny, it's just, it highlights this lack of control really, you know, it's like you already don't have control when you're a parent, you realize that very quickly, (laughs) you know, like this little tiny person is in charge, but then we also have this like invisible thing that has taken control from us too. And so it's like doubly (laughs) feels like you're just stuck between a rock and a hard place. Oh yeah. I I get these emails from like the Portland art museum. (laughs) Like I keep thinking about, you know, it's like, Oh, there was supposed to be the Ansel Adams exhibit this year Mm -hmm. and all of these, you know, things that I had on my list, like we were talking about things I wanted to do or that I thought we'd have an opportunity to experience together you know, it's just the fear of the unknown. Right. And I think that's what the pandemic has done for all of us is is that fear of the unknown. And I was talking to someone the other day about this too, where like when you're walking along the street now mm-hmm. is like, now you dodge, I dodge people, right? I'm like, I don't want to be anywhere near you. And even with a mask, I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> and I had all these visions for walking through the neighborhood and saying hello to people we've known for years Mm -hmm. and then getting to see Ainsley and say hello and say things like your baby's so cute Mm -hmm. or you know whatever it might look like I mean in a way and Maya and I have talked about this too it's like I'm glad strangers aren't touching my baby (laughs) (laughs) that's true but at the same time there is that sense of loss as well for Mm -hmm. that interaction that she should she should have been getting and really more I think for me as a Mm -hmm. mom that I felt like I lost out on some of those experiences and connections with people and it just makes you feel that much more isolated yeah yeah before So I do have some like hopeful questions to ask (laughs) um, going forward, but staying with kind of in this lane for a little bit longer, um, I I just wanted to bring up this idea of grief. Um, So I've, I've heard a lot of moms talk lately just about grief in general. And when I think about it, I mean, before COVID, um, I thought about it as like, typically when you become a first time parent, there's like this natural grieving process where you're grieving your past life or your past self. And, you know, that like single independent person more or less. And there's like this shedding of your old self and immersion of a new version of you. Um, But now there's like this added layer. So not only are we working through this ownership of a new identity, but we're also doing it in a world that looks a lot different than we ever really imagined or expected. So kind of going along with expectations, like what have your experiences been like with grief and all of this? 
Um, I mean, I can't speak to this truly because I only have one child, but in a way I felt like COVID hitting was almost like having a second child back to back in the sense Mm. that you like had a certain level of stress. And then they're like, here, take all this stress too. And you're like, what is happening? What have I done? This is a lot. Like, <laughs> like it was already hard with a baby, right? But, it, you know, mm-hmm. like, I was like, kind of expecting, like, the reality is still hard. But, you know, like, it wasn't like surprising, like that it was hard. But then COVID, it was like, how do I even fit this in my life or adjust this in my life? Because you were talking about expectations. I don't even know what expectations to have anymore, because it feels so threatening to even have expectations now because I feel like it changes so much it's like every time you turn on the news it's like oh there's a new variant don't worry it's not more deadly and then you turn it on today and it's like oh just kidding it probably is more deadly and you're like what does this mean I guess it means I need to plan nothing like Mm -hmm. nothing yeah it's so hard to plan anything it's like it doesn't feel safe to do that yeah I think for me I was grieving the fact that I also thought I had five extra weeks (laughs) to prepare mentally and physically and whatever. I mean, in some ways I think it was maybe good because I was like, Oh, all right, we're having a baby today. You know, (laughs) like I didn't even have time to think about it. (laughs) Like when someone says, you know, go jump in the deep end of the pool, you'll figure out how to swim. Uh, You know, it it, it did feel a little daunting. And I think what's interesting is this year for me, I think the grief, is coupled with mom guilt as well Mm. because you have a sense of loss and that you're grieving for the people who don't get to meet your little one you're grieving for yourself um the fact that you miss people or maybe you don't miss people but you miss them for her or him Mm -hmm. you know whoever your little one is and so there are all these layers I think and mom guilt is just like the you know cherry on top Mm -hmm. of um you know I think for me at least this December, one of my guilty pleasures is Hallmark holiday movies. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's terrible. They're horrible. They all have the same storyline, but I don't know what it is. I love it. Like <laughs> Hallmark Lifetime, just come at me. <laughs> holiday season, it's it's like a playground for me. But this year, you know, it's like it looked totally different from the previous year because December of 2019, I was pregnant and I was able to just lounge, put my feet up, you know, I, I mean, ready to have my first, you know, little one. I was like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy Christmas this year, eat what I want, you know, use my belly as a plate holder, whatever. (laughs) And I really indulged in some ways. And yet I had no idea what was coming. And that loss of free time or independence or like choice ability to choose option a b or c for yourself and Mm -hmm. I think in some ways because I'm also an older mom and being 36 um having been 35 when I had her I, I think I was mentally ready to let go of a lot of that because I felt like I had had it you know I'd had so many years to just be myself do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it (laughs) and that that was really nice to have that time and I so instead of me feeling resentful I I was definitely ready to take it on in many ways and yet it doesn't necessarily mean that you feel any less guilty for then making some personal choices Hmm. when you do uh you know like 
an example would be, I actually did watch a few of those holiday movies this <laughs> season. <laughs> and I felt guilty while I was mm. watching them. Cause I, oh, I should be doing something else right now. And it could have been like, she's down to, for bed. But then, oh, I better get on the elliptical while I watch this. Cause otherwise I'm just not making good use of my time <laughs> because the time is so limited. You yeah. know, you have these short spurts, these very tiny windows to do anything for yourself. And, you know, it's already challenging to find that time for you, let alone your partner, mm-hmm. and you're giving everything to this tiny human right. uh, in many cases. I mean, not everyone does, but I, I think the majority of us probably feel like, you know, obviously they are numero uno and, and that's purposeful. That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's any less challenging at times or sad in some ways because you do feel like that sense of, disconnected disconnectivity to yourself. Right. And I think that really highlights that, like, you know, I think that's, that's like the transition that we go through just in general, like normally as new moms that like figuring out, okay, what time is my time and what time is my time for my child? And how do I take ownership of my time without feeling bad about it or without feeling guilty. And like, I think that's all part of the process, but what you're, what I hear you're getting at is like, it's, there's that, but also we have taken on so much more of like all of the things for our little ones. So, you know, it's like, we're their teachers and we're their And then we have to make sure that they can see their grandparents on FaceTime. However, much. And we, you know, I I don't know. It's like, you're trying to be all the things for them. And that wouldn't normally be the case, at least, you know, not for the majority of people. So yeah, it's like this added layer of how much time can you take for yourself and not feel guilty about it? Yeah. What I wouldn't give for a massage right about (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've been talking a lot about just the things that you know, we feel like maybe we've missed out on or that we've lost. And I think those are all very important, real emotions that, you know, for every mom that I've talked to over this last year, it feels like a lot of people are having those kinds of experiences. And I just thought it might be important to talk about like how we've been managing this like wide range of feelings um, and experiences. So this doesn't have to be like, what's your self-care regimen like? It doesn't have to be that. Just thinking about like, how are you getting through day to day? How are you coping? I lean on my parents a lot. I have Mm. to say they are around. We do masks when we're with them, but they do come over. We're the only, you know, we only see them. They only see us. But I don't know how I would get through some of these days without them. Just because some of the days are so long. <laughs> yeah. And you're just by yourself. Like, it's great because my husband works from home right now, which I do love. That's I would say that's hands down the silver lining of all this is him working from home and getting to see her a lot. But it also there's something almost more isolating about having your partner at home, but in a room where you like can't interact with them. Right. It almost feels more distance than when he would like go to work. <laughs> um. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And then especially like he said, you know, if she's crying, like he's stressed and feels like he should come out and help. And I'm like, no, no, no. Do not tell me that. Cause now when she cries, I will feel stressed that you're right. listening to her cry. And I'm like, I can't make her not cry all the time. Sometimes she's going to cry. Like that's just, she's a baby. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can't be worried about like you worrying about the crime. Like, I just like, <laughs> no. like if she's crying, you don't need to worry about it, but just don't tell me that. <laughs> like, yes. I, can't, yeah. I can't take that on in addition to anything else. So it's just, I would say grandparents are a lifesaver, um, but also stressful because I feel like grandparents are terrible at COVID. Um, and so to try to make that's sure going to be a whole other episode. Um, yes. <laughs> I think anyone with parents at this point knows what I'm talking about. And I don't meditate often, but I do find when I actually do meditate, it does help. So I'm, I aspire to do it more often because I do think it helps just to be present and realize like in this moment that you're safe and like things are fine. Mm -hmm. Cause I think a lot of the threat we're feeling is all these possible outcomes, like all these things that could happen when the reality is like, we've not had like a terrible year. Like it's been hard and stuff, but it's not been bad. Mm -hmm. The worst Mm -hmm. suffering we've had this past year is like the stuff we do in our own minds, right? The stuff we do to ourselves. So it can be helpful to just bring it to the present moment. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not saying I don't love meditating, but it does help. I will say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. A lot of A lot of this is what if this happens and what if that happens? You know, it's a lot of like anxiety kind of thinking that makes total sense that that's happening because it's all over the place. There is this like real threat. It's not necessarily hasn't come into any of our homes, but it could. So we're always on edge or on guard. Um, But that's true. It's It's hard sometimes to bring yourself back to the present moment and be like, okay, right now in this moment, we're safe, we're healthy. You know, we have X, Y, and Z. I'm grateful for these things. And I know for myself, that's one thing I've tried to do. I also try to remind myself that it's okay to not be grateful all the time. (laughs) <laughs> because it's like, I, I want to be like, no, you have all these things and you're grateful for them. And there are so many people who don't have, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so, but I think there's a balance between like having that gratitude and being present in the moment and also acknowledging that there have been things that are hard and challenging. Do you have anything to add to that, Jenny? <laughs> you know, uh, for me, fresh air is really important. Mm, yeah. Getting outside. And I love to go for walks with Ainsley and my husband will join and our dog as well. But I also just like to take walks by myself if mm-hmm. I can. And I listen to a podcast uh, or music, you know, just do maybe 10, 15 minutes just by myself. And that really does shift my mood if I can manage that. Again, the mom guilt can come in sometimes. So it's like, or not just mom guilt, but partner guilt. So if Mm -hmm. I'm, I know George is working, my husband, you know, if he's working, I'm concerned about him taking that time to make sure that she's okay. Or if he's even having to watch her monitor and do work at the same time, but I know that that's hard on him. So, you know, there is a sense of balance or lack thereof at times. And that I think presents some other challenges, but you know, where I can, I think just finding those opportunities. Cause I think it's interesting. I, I was looking, you know, at something on Instagram so many months ago and it was like, you know, a shower is not self-care. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's totally accurate. And I think people need to like move away from that. I mean, even my husband was guilty of it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, or he'd say like, Oh, well here, um, I'll take, Ainsley and and you can go take a shower and just relax and I'm like what I mean 
that's nice and all, but that's not like, I mean, you got to shower this morning right. and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Oh, let me take her. You just don't worry about a thing. You just get in there and you <laughs> really lather up. It's just, I think there's such this, this disconnect for some partners too, though, that make some of that self-care piece harder mm-hmm. and not because they don't love us. They just aren't walking in our shoes. Right. And I think that can make it challenging Uh, But I think that is the piece where this last year I've thought a lot more about compassion versus empathy Hmm. and not just having empathy for others, but empathy for yourself. And that I think that that's just a really important concept to draw from moving forward. At least it has been for me to try to get through this next year, because I kept saying, you know, as January was rounding the corner, I'm like, I can't do this for another year. And, or I can't do this for another nine months. You know, we don't know. We don't know what this is supposed to look like. And what else am I supposed to do? Am I just going to stop doing my day to day or being a mom or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you can't, you're, you're their number one. Right. Yeah. So it's like having empathy and compassion for yourself and those around you. And also like, trying when we can to shift that thinking of like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I hate this, you know, which of course we've all had to like, okay, we're doing this. And how are we going to do this day to day to just like try to keep soldiering on? Because like you said, I mean, what else are we going to do? Let's talk about something that we're proud of about what we've done over this last year. I'm just thinking, tell me just one thing that you can think of that like you're proud of. For me, it's probably developing patience Mm. that I never knew I had. (laughs) You know, I think that was a concern coming into this as someone who is a fairly impatient person and I like to get things done quickly and I really like to just move, be on the go. And the pandemic on its own forces you to slow down because where are we going? Uh, But on top of that, being a parent and becoming a new parent made me reevaluate how I was prioritizing my daily life and what my daughter needed from me versus what I wanted to give her, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I think I realized that I needed to pause and think about how I was going to approach the day to day. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I roll my eyes at times and get irritated. You know, (laughs) if she does something like throws food on the floor for the fifth time when you're like, I know you're hungry and I know Mm -hmm. you want to eat that. Why do you keep throwing it on the floor? (laughs) You know, the dog is not a garbage disposal. Right. (laughs) So, you know, there are so many moments where the old me, I guess, or pre-mommy would have been pretty irritated. And I, I mean, I don't, even know how I would have handled some of that. Mm -hmm. And now I think there's that new version of me where I've like, you know, been able to overcome some of those challenges and just put this other person in a file folder way back wherever and say, okay, that's the old me. I need to present the better version of me so that I'm here for her and that I can be also a better human ideally in the end, (laughs) at the end of the day, a better partner, better sister, better friend, because patience is so important in just our day to day. And if I can exude more of that, I think I'll just be better off altogether. Maya, what are you proud of? For me, I'm proud of, I think for me, it'd be like my marriage actually for parenting is 
any parent will tell you it is not easy on your marriage with a new kiddo. It's a lot of stressful things and your relationship changes so much um, kind of thing. I think that's actually both of you two have been married for a while. And I almost mm-hmm. feel like that would make the transition harder because you guys have a long history of who you are as a couple. I think it actually did make it a little easier that Travis and I've only been married a couple years. So we're not quite, you know, it's like we were still shifting how our relationship was a lot oh, anyway, yeah. but it's still challenging but it's been good I mean we moved this year we did so many stressful things this year. we moved twice this <laughs> we really <past> year. did <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just been good to realize like your partner who you might get so mad at some days and that kind of thing if you can like talk it through and make a plan like get some strategies but like it just feels good to have someone that feels like they're on your team like yeah so I think for me I'm just I don't know if that's what I'm proud of I guess I'm proud because I'm part of that so yeah I'm proud of that but I'm also just grateful for that just um that I feel like uh we've we've been good at adjusting so far not that Mm -hmm. it's always easy but just handling some of these curveballs it's like makes you just trust things a little more because you're like all right I got someone in my corner and it just feels really good to have someone in your corner (laughs) and that you've made it through how many transitions over the last year and that you're like still together and doing it (laughs) Yes. We always say we'll do one big thing a year. So like one year we bought a house and one year we had a baby. And then 2020 was supposed to be, well, that was actually, Karina was due to be born in 2020. So that was actually going to be the year the baby was born. And then she came early. Right. And then 2020 was so many things were like, 2021, can this be the year of nothing? Can you do like <laughs> nothing this year? Can this be the year of no big things? But we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's funny. I guess I can share too, um, since we're all talking about like what we're proud of. And I think it's an important thing for moms to think about just as you both were talking, it, it made me think of my attitude with Declan. And I think this is similar to, to what you were saying, Jenny, about patience, but I have never been a morning person. And I always, I mean, people have, like gotten me mugs and shirts and things that say like coffee first and you know, all the things. Um, <laughs> and I walk into Declan's room anywhere from six to six forty-five in the morning and I say, good morning, you know, and I have this like sunshiny voice and we, <laughs> we play on his changing table and we sing songs and I'm just like, who am I? you know, who is this person? But those are the moments that I feel proud of that I can, through all of this stuff, I can show up for him in those moments, you know, and like somehow be the best version of myself or at least the version of myself that I'm trying to be. So that, yeah, that feels really good. And Sometimes that means, sadly, my my poor husband gets met with the, like, I'm exhausted and I have nothing for you version of myself. Um, but I at least try to communicate that, <laughs> you know, and and do try to have those moments. But it all kind of wraps back around to, like, if we did have other supports and it did feel safe to bring those supports in, you know, the whole plan was, like, we'll have somebody come over one night every couple weeks or whatever, and we'll go out and play some cards and like connect in that way. And um, so that's, that's an evolving thing of figuring out like how to find those connection moments in this uh, because we don't know fully when it's going to change. 
It kind of brings me to my last question and then we can uh, wrap up. I was just thinking of like, what, what can we all look forward to? Trying to end on a hopeful note, I guess. What do you look forward to as hopefully COVID becomes less present in our lives? Family. I want to see my sister. <laughs> I want to yeah. see my family. Yeah. I think that's the big one for me. I mean, friends too, but just people, just being around people without it feeling threatening. Yes. is going to be, would be lovely to not feel that constant threat when you're around people. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that, especially yeah. the extrovert in me. I was talking to someone yesterday about the fact that I would totally just hug a random stranger if I could <laughs> right now. And I am not that person. Like I like my bubble. <laughs> I'm a germaphobe on top of it. So, you know, I think what I'm looking forward to is I wouldn't say catching up on all those missed experiences, but taking advantage of the opportunity to not just gather again, but to have new experiences. And if that's, you know, going to the zoo or taking a trip to visit people or going to the coast and not having to dodge people or, you know, whatever that may look like and and going out to eat. I mean, what I wouldn't give to go out to eat, Mm -hmm. like sit somewhere and have somebody bring something to me. You know, I just, the, the, the fact that we can't have these experiences and as, as humans, you know, we aren't meant to be so isolated. Uh, You know, I, I think that's the part where, I'm trying to figure out how to balance my need for that with being cautious as well. Mm -hmm. And I want to be cautiously optimistic, but you know, there's reality too. So, um, you know, I, I do think there's hope. Yeah. Like hopefully once we get to a place where it doesn't feel so threatening to be around the people that we love, we'll be able to like pull on how we missed that and that we value it and that it's important to us. And I mean, hopefully uh, it goes with both of what you're saying. Like my hope is that we don't lose sight of how important those things feel right now and that we can really like appreciate it and value it fully when we get to be in it again. Well, thank you both so much for being a part of my first episode of Dear COVID Mama. I really appreciate both of your willingness to be vulnerable and honest in having these kinds of conversations. I know that it's helpful for me to hear, and I hope that it's helpful for other mamas out there. Uh, Please subscribe to Dear COVID Mama and leave comments for me if there are any topics that you're interested in hearing more about, or if Uh, you know of any mamas that are interested in coming on the show. And I look forward to having more real and honest conversations in the future. Please, everybody stay safe and well out there. 